0: Welcome to the ASSP Safety Standards and Tech Pubs podcast, your source for expert insights on industry consensus standards and ASSP technical publications. I'm your host, Scott Fowler. Having an effective safety and health management system is a key to preventing injuries and fatalities in the workplace. The challenge for some businesses and organizations may lie in knowing how to implement and maintain such a system. The ASSP Z10 Guidance and Implementation Manual offers step-by-step instructions for implementing the elements of a safety and health management system and tools to carry out those steps. Here to discuss how safety professionals can use this manual to improve safety and health in their workplaces are my good friends, Tim Fisher and Lauren Bowerschmidt. Tim is director of standards and technical services at ASSP, and uh, Lauren is a standards development manager, and they are both certified safety professionals. Uh, Tim, Lauren, thank you both so much for coming
1: on. Well, thank you there, Mr. Fowler.
0: Happy to be here. Glad to have you. All right, so let's, uh, let's dive in now. As I mentioned at the top, having a, an effective safety and health management system is really what gets you on the path to improving safety and health at your organization. And uh, the Z10 manual can really offer some comprehensive guidance to help get you on that path. So I thought we could start out by talking about how the Z10 guide can help organizations implement a safety and health management system. And uh, Tim, we'll start with you.
1: Well, I appreciate that, Mr. Fowler, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here with everybody today. And it's also a pleasure to be with my colleague, Lauren Bauerschmidt. So we work together on Z10, and uh, it's an excellent committee. So I should say that one thing, and the reason why I'm making that point is so that people that are listening to the podcast are aware... That the standard itself and the compliance guide and the additional small to medium employer size guide is written by occupational safety and health professionals so that's an important thing to remember because that's going to lead into your, your first question so when we talk about how the z10 guide and how does it help organizations the first thing to remember is that the z10 standard itself has been there and has been out there for a number of years But what the Z10 guide has done and what it what is meant to do is that it gave organizations a step by step way to implement the Z10 standard and to deal with the overall topic of occupational health and safety management systems, which is an important thing, because if it's one thing we talk about today, and I, I hope we get this across to people that are listening, is that occupational health and safety management systems are here and they are not going away. So they're continuing to grow, whether it be Z10 or ISO 45001. So with this guide, what it does is it gives a really good detailed uh, evaluation and process and methodology for how you would implement the standard in a variety of different organizations. It gives some really good examples, some case study type information, metrics, things like this. And, and what this guide is meant to do is to answer a lot of the inquiries and questions that we have gotten from members and from implementers of the standard and from government agencies as well. So that's kind of what the intent is. But what I'd like to do is defer to Lauren Bauerschmidt for her comments as well, because she's done an awful lot of work on this guide as well. Lauren, what do you think?
2: Thanks, Tim. You know, the thing I was thinking about just now as you're talking about it is the z 10 as you have said, has been out for a while, that standard. Um, but as most people listening to this podcast know, the standard tells you what to do, but it doesn't usually tell you how to do it. And that's what's really great about this guidance implementation manual, is it takes all of that information in the Z10 standard, and now it kind of gives you a roadmap of how you would implement it. Um, it really helps with the entire system that you are implementing. It's from worker participation, management, involvement, and leadership, um, planning, support, implementation, evaluation, all of those things. So um, I really like it because it really helps you step through the standard and how you can put these policies and procedures in place.
0: Now, along with the implementation, the Z10 guide also provides a uh, a lot of assistance with uh, auditing your safety and health management system once it's implemented. So how can this guide help safety professionals in auditing their safety and health management system so they can continue to improve that system moving forward? Uh, Lauren, we'll uh, start with you this time.
2: Sure. Um, So there's a whole section actually, chapter 18, that's um, about auditing And really the purpose of it. And what I really like about it is it talks about that you're trying to achieve goals holistically. It's not that you're supposed to be looking at these independent pieces. Z10 really being a system is how all those pieces work together. And when those pieces work together, you're going to have a better um, system in place. And so the auditing piece is really to verify that what you have said you're doing is actually what you're doing. And if you go through a formal auditing process, you're going to have someone come in or you're going to have an audit team of your own folks. And gosh, how are they going to do it? How are you going to document and prove that you are following all these things? So there's actually a table in the guidance manual. It goes by section, um, by documents you could use, the type of records you could use to fulfill that area, um, the type of people, um, whether it's line workers or managers, Um, supervisors, who you would talk to about that different section, and then those different observations. So um, this guide is really helpful in spelling out in that table how you would do that. So for worker participation, for example, obviously you would talk to the different workers, you might talk to the managers and supervisors. You would check the roster and maybe minutes from the safety management team uh, meeting, see if there were worker suggestions, Um, Some HR policies, you could observe uh, a team meeting or department meeting. That's just one example of how you could fulfill that worker participation requirement in the Z10. Tim, what's your opinion
1: on that? Well, Lauren, I would say you gave a a, absolutely outstanding explanation. And so the question I have is, can I add to it? And probably, unfortunately or fortunately for people on this podcast, I always have something to add. And um, so I would say this one, and this is an important thing. So. The the chairman of the Z10 committee is an individual by the name of Jim Howe. And people that have worked with Jim uh, know that he is is literally a guru on management systems. And the one thing that he was asked an awful lot about with this whole uh, aspect of the the development of the standard was the original Z10 came out. And then when it's been revised, there was never anything really specific or concrete on the whole issue of auditing. And auditing has become pretty big now with health and safety management systems, a lot because of ISO 45001. And what that did, though, is it then generated a lot of uh, questions and inquiries to ASSP on is there going to be a Z10 auditing section? In the standard, and what had happened was the standard came out, and then what happened is the committee said, you know, we really, really have to do something with the auditing component. So we're hoping it's going to do one of two things. One is we think it absolutely sets the stage to do internal auditing. So uh, as Lauren had mentioned, if, if you're if you're an occupational safety and health professional, you have an auditing team. This standard and with this guide is going to absolutely give you the framework and the ability to go forward and and then do a good job of confirming or or reviewing how we want to put this of your of your management system. If you're interested in going with an external audit, we're hoping that over time this framework is going to get out and potentially there'll be more opportunity for external audits of z 10 as well. So that's that's kind of where we're going with this. And, and I think with Lauren's technical explanation and my thought a little bit on the methodology, hopefully we've we've made this point to the people that are listening to the podcast. Back to you, Scott.
0: Definitely. Thank you both. Now, uh, something we've touched on a little bit here is the idea of systems thinking, and that, that that's really an integral part of the Z10 standard and this guide. So I wondered if we could talk a little bit about what systems thinking is and why it's so important to implementing, establishing, and improving your occupational safety and health management system. Uh, Tim?
1: You know, I would say this, uh, Mr. Fowler, yesterday I'm watching a a show late at night and you'll know where I'm going with this and without going to the name of the show, people will understand it because uh, at the end, they all put their swords together and say all for one and one for all. And so, you know, I'm, I'm being a little facetious on this, but that's exactly the point that we're trying to make on an emphasis on systems thinking. And that is everything is designed and meant to work as one. It's meant to synergize. It's meant to work together. It's meant to go through an entire system or chain, how we want to think of it, going from A to Z, so that they all have to work together, all complement each other, so that they are not uh, independent areas that are doing things outside of the other. The entire idea of, of a good system, and this is, this is my view on this and w- w- how I view Z10, is that it's meant to address occupational safety and health is just that, is one approach, one process one procedure with all these different components working together, and then in the end, it should then result in better occupational safety and health performance, and also I would say that that is also going to benefit the organizational bottom line in a positive manner. So that would be my thought on it. I'm not trying to be too facetious on this thing with my example of all for one and one for all, but I really think that cuts to the heart of my view on this. Uh, Lauren, what do you think?
2: You know, in looking at the guidance manual, Um, Right at the top, right at the very beginning of chapter one, it's talking about that very question, Scott, what is system thinking? And where I think the safety profession is going, um, you'll see a picture on it of a a flat puzzle and all those pieces coming together. But that really we're talking about now is those pieces coming together in a three-dimensional way, meaning that things aren't necessarily linear or it's not just plan, do, check, act, that this whole model, this whole system is interacting with each other. So one piece of the support resources you have affects, you know, the different management review, which affects the process review, which affects worker participation. It's all tied in. And so that's really the heart of systems thinking is it's more than just kind of throwing a couple pieces together and say, well, we got a a system. Um, Jim Howe and others will will joke that uh, organizations have a safety management system, whether they think they do or not. And the goal of Z10 and this implementation guide is to take it up to that next level. Um, So some of the things it talks about is that um, a system is not the sum of its pieces. It's the product of the interaction, which I really like thinking of it that way. Um, learn from failure and success, learn from what's working and not working, um, the feedback loop, understanding that feedback and how information flows. So that's really the the system piece of it, Scott, is how all those pieces fit together. Again, not necessarily linearly, but they're all very interconnected.
1: You, you know, Scott, this is Tim. I'd like to make a point on that one. I think Lauren really had a good explanation. And so you know a really good example of that, and I would want to make a comment on this. What Lauren was just talking about, and that is, I had a call today. So we had a, a situation with lockout/tagout uh, issue concern. And so what had happened was a large organization they had changed their processes for locks and tags, and, and, and that's good. But the issue was that they had not communicated that to other areas of the organization. They had to some, but not all. And so what was the result was that they had an incident. Now nobody was badly injured. But I think that's a really good example of what we're talking about with systems thinking, because a lockout tagout program is going to be part of that occupational health and safety management system. So there's communication built into that system. So what's going to happen then is, OK, if you make a change, A, um, then, you know, it's going to it's going to continue to move forward. Communication's communication a big thing. Synergy, as I mentioned, also in the way we're going to address it. But I think that's a fairly good example of something that that I just saw in the last 24 hours, that if a good occupational health and safety management system is in effect. You should not run into that that uh, that concern. Back to you, Scott.
2: Yeah, to jump in, man- management of change is so important. Just to further drive that home, you think it's one little piece, you know, but it affects so many different things, so many different people. And with something as important as lockout tagout, that's a real critical thing to make sure that when you make a change like that, everybody involved um, knows about it. And you should really have a proper procedure for management of change to avoid any errors um, due to that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, to, to your point, just thinking about how any changes in, uh, you know, safety and health procedures are going to impact everybody in the organization. That's a, that's a really, really good point. Now, what, this guide really does is give safety professionals a toolkit that they can use to implement and improve their safety and health management system. So I wonder if we, we could kind of dive deeper a little into that. Lauren, you, you mentioned some of those tools earlier, but re- what is really the, the toolkit that the Z10 guide provides safety professionals as they implement and improve their safety and health management system? And what's the role of some of those different tools in the process?
2: Gosh, this guide is so full of different tools, Scott. It's hard to know (laughs) where to begin. It's really an amazing document. Um, I was thinking about a couple of things as I was preparing for this podcast. And I was thinking about, um, we've all heard of SMART goals, uh, making sure that they're specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time-oriented. And that can be, again, tools that you use to improve your safety uh, management system. So um, it lists um, in the document, you know, here's hazard communication. That's one of my objectives. Have I distributed that policy and, you know, kind of the timeline and things like that. So um, training, Have I am I doing it on an annual basis? What is that schedule? Are people getting it when they need to? Um, even lockout tagout, as Tim just brought up, is one of those, again, that, you know, if there's a new policy, new workers, all those kinds of things. Um, that's one example. The other one I was thinking of um, is around uh, fatal and serious injury and illnesses. Um, none of us want to think about things when they get that bad, but can you learn something from it if it has happened? So um, it really ta- another tool is talking about building a um, fatal and serious injury and illness profile. So reviewing that incident, um, coming up with all that data, so you can kind of put it into different hazard categories, um, tracking the incidents, learning from it. um, Really more than, um, you know, nothing in here, of course, is blaming the worker. It's understanding what led to an injury or an illness, Um, A lot of times the workers who are doing these jobs every day have an insight that sometimes management um, doesn't. So, again, that's another um, tool they call the FSII Roadmap. Um, Just an amazing number of tools. Um, There's even a workplace violence prevention response strategy um, that's in there. And, again, Tim mentioned earlier, there's even a section on metrics So again, if you are doing, just to tie this back into the audit question that you had, Scott. So, you know, in Z10, Section 5.1, it talks about management leadership. Okay, here are some metrics that you could use to then demonstrate management leadership. So um, again, this document is just full of tools, checklists, um, tables. It's, It's amazing. Um the group really did a fantastic job on how to implement Z10 with this document.
1: Yeah, this is Tim. I'll throw in a few comments as well. Yeah. Um you know, Mr. Fowler, when we look at this, and, and uh, I think this is important to note, there are 20 chapters in this in this guide, which is what Lauren talked about. And they're all, just as in the system, they're designed to work together. But some of the tools that we've heard from a lot of members on that we know that there's been a lot of interest has been what I would call the balance of the science and art of safety. So for example, um, This guy does an extremely good job of taking the hierarchy controls and using the hierarchy as far as in a a systems application, which I think is one tool which we've had a lot of questions on. Uh, Another one which continues to be always of interest is the whole issue of contractor health and safety. So there's a section that deals with the standard as well, and, and that's important because we've heard about contractor health and safety, not only from the issue of general industry, but also from construction. Why am I saying this is because we have had some OSH pros in construction demolition that said, hey, you know, I'm not sure if a management system is going to work within a fluid environment like a construction site. But we have a pretty good section on this. And I wouldn't say pretty good. I'd say an excellent section on this that I think would, would help them on this one. Also, obviously, incident investigation. Uh, which is one thing which is always, always significant for occupational safety and health professionals to give a really good framework. And I won't go too much into the metrics and measurements because uh, Lauren discussed that already. But I would say one thing about metrics and measurements. It's another thing. I, I talked earlier about management systems not going away. Metrics and measurements are not going away either, specifically the whole issue of leading indicators. We all know enough about lagging indicators, but leading. So it's a. this is a good area also. So that's what I would say. A little additional comments to what Lauren said. And um but I would say those are probably the most common tools that we've gotten a lot of comments on. Back to you, Scott.
0: Okay, great. Now, as you as you mentioned, you 20 chapters Z10 is a large document. But from from the perspective of a safety professional, you know, when you boil it down, what are the keys for what makes a safety and health management system successful? And what what does Z10 and the Z10 implementation guide have to say about that? Uh, Lauren, we'll start with you.
2: Well, I think one of the biggest things that we often hear at ASSP, we um, you have safety professionals, sometimes they might be the only person thinking about safety in their plant and they're kind of running around and putting out fires. Um, so the, the baseline, of course, is that compliance. What do I need to do? Um, but we want to get people beyond that, right? So if you're just looking at things from a compliance standpoint, it's very disjointed. What do I have for confined space? What do I have for lockout tagout? What do I have for training? But the beauty and the benefit of Z10 and it really having a safety management system is pulling all those things together, just like the management of change we talked about um, already. Um, so to really be successful is to have all these pieces work together. Um, obviously, also really having management and leadership Um, You're not going to get too far if your management and leadership aren't supporting you both with their words, action, and financially supporting you if you need um, tools and processes to put in place to help with safety. So um, like I said already, the Z10 and this implementation guide really take you step by step in how to do that. Um, But I will say the top thing that I'm looking at right now on my screen for the audit protocol, the very first thing is management and leadership. And you do need that to really get your um, your management system going and successful. Tim, what are your thoughts?
1: Um, I agree with you, Lauren. I think the hard thing on this question is because if you look at if you look at the Z10 standard and the the guidance implementation guide they talk about the very elements that are important to creating a system. So it's hard for me to say, well, I think this one's more important than the other one, because I I do believe that they're all critical. Uh, But I would say there are some overarching things or ideas or characteristics that are very important to making a management system successful. One is that you have to think about it from the perspective of of a management system. And by that, I mean, and I'm probably one of those OSH professionals that for many years, always thought in, I thought in compartments, you know, lockout, tagout, and I thought in uh, fall protection, or I thought uh, in areas like slips, trips, and falls, I had to change the way I thought about that. So I think, first of all, that's very important for occupational safety and health pros is you have to have a way of looking at this system and you have to, by that I mean, you have to open up your mind a little bit and it's like, you're thinking about the whole. So I think that's very, very important. And I actually think I'm I'm truly convinced this is a a serious reason why a lot of management systems aren't successfully implemented because of the way we look at it or historically looked at it. So I think that's one issue. it falls into it, but synergy is important too. And that is, what I mean by that is okay. So now you've seen, uh, or you've opened up your mind. So, you know, you gotta look at all these areas and how they connect. Now you have to be able to connect them. So synergy, the appreciation for synergy and the appreciation for how things come together is also very, very important. Um, and then the other thing, which I think is, is, is absolutely critical. And into this, I kind of lump everything, communication, leadership, teamwork. And that is the idea that we have to work together. So the idea of, partnership of teamwork all has to flow into this it can't all be one individual or one department saying this is how it's going to be because if that's the way we do it I will guarantee it will fail and and so those are what I see as the main uh, areas that come to me when I talk about implementing a management system and by that this is this is even outside the guide I guess this is just my general overview or thoughts on how to make something like this successful back to you Scott
0: okay great uh uh, any Anything else uh, you'd like to add about uh, Z10 safety management systems, the implementation guide as we wrap up?
2: Um, I'll just say that if we've been talking a lot about systems thinking, um, sometimes you might think of safety management system and the system part kind of comes off last, but the guidance document that we're, we've been talking about is really good at setting the stage for that system thinking and then walking you through it. So I highly recommend if this is something new to you, you haven't um, had as much experience with it, uh, the guidance manual will be really helpful to walk you through that um, with those steps of the systems thinking. That was, that's probably my biggest takeaway. What about you, Tim?
1: I think I agree with you, Lauren. I think I would say one thing, and I've, I mentioned this and, and I'm not trying to you know beat a dead horse, but I think this is important. And that is the idea of management systems is here to stay. The idea of making everything work within one component or one process, one procedure, Making sure that everything operates together, I think, is is, a, is an, an idea, is a concept that is not going to go away in safety. And obviously, you know, some people listening to podcasts, they, Tim, we've known about that for, you know. 50 years. You're not telling us anything new. I, I do agree with that, but I would say that there's there's definitely much more of a focus on the idea of trying to put some science, art, and discipline into the issue of management systems. And I think Z10 does that. I think, you know, 45,001 is another one. Uh, if there's other management systems that you would want to review, I would I would recommend that you do so. And then what I would say is the important thing is to choose the system that you think works best within your organization. Obviously, we're a fan of Z10 and also 45,001. Since ASSP actually is the the administrator or the secretariat for both of them. But if we can get OSHPROs thinking about management systems as an overall concept, in the end, we'll be successful. So that would be my final comments. Uh, Mr. Fowler, back to you, sir.
0: Thank you, sir. I think that's that's a very very good note to end on. Uh, uh, thank you both so much again for uh, coming on and sharing your insights. I uh, hope our listeners will take a look at uh, Z10 and the inle- implementation guide and think about uh, how they can use them uh, to improve safety and health at their organization. So, thank you again.
2: Thanks, Scott. Thank you, Scott.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the ASP Safety Standards and Tech Pubs podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with us at ASSP.org and follow us on Twitter at ASSP Safety. We'll see you next time.